Thanks for joining the podcast with Tamara Gondor. Conversations with everyday innovators that reject status quo, think differently, and make a positive difference in their world. Listen in so you can ignite innovation, influence others, and make an impact too. And now your host, CrossFit addict, knee-high sock lover, and according to her kids, average cook, Tamara Gondor. Welcome to another Friday wrap-up. You know what that means. It is time for me to share an insight, a story that bubbled up for me this week. It was actually something that came up during my podcast interviews with all of the incredible everyday innovators that we had on this week. And I'm going to wrap up and give you an aha and an insight that I had from each of the interviews this week. And this is something that just kind of, it spoke to me, it bubbled up and made me think about something in my life at work. And I wanna, I wanna share that with you because my hope is in sharing this kind of recap with you. It'll help you move from insight to action as well. And hey, you never know, maybe you missed one of the interviews, maybe you didn't think to listen to it. And after what I'm talking about, you'll go, oh, that person has something I could really learn from. I'm gonna go back and listen to that. Now, I said this in another interview too, but I I cannot say it enough, so I'm going to be a broken record and say it again. Listen to several interviews. Listen to people from all different backgrounds, from yours, in industries and experiences and places across the globe that are not like yours. Why? Because innovation, good innovation happens at the intersection of random. It's when we can can connect dots. And oftentimes it's people who are not in the weeds with us, not bogged down in the day-to-day like we are, that have the biggest aha and insight for us. And on top of that, these are everyday innovators, just like you and me. These are people just out there crushing it in some way, doing it. They've got challenges. They've got obstacles. They've got wins. They've got something innovative they've done. So no matter what industry they're in or experience, I promise you, you'll learn something from them. I know I've learned something from every single one that I've had on. Oh my gosh. By the end of this year, I could create an entire documentary that just highlights all the incredible people that we've met. It's, and I'm hoping, by the way, that one of those people is you, because I bet you're out there going, you know what, tomorrow. I'm an everyday innovator and here's how I'm doing it in my small or big way in my world. And if that's you, go to our website, fill out the form, nominate yourself or nominate somebody else. We want to hear from you. This week was incredible, just like all the other weeks. We had everyone from a librarian on to someone in technology all the way across the pond from us over in England. We had a whole diverse set of everyday innovators. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to share... My story, my insight, I'm going to open with that and talk about that in a minute. It has to do with car rentals. And then I'm going to give you kind of my big nugget out of each of these interviews. The story that I want to share with you, I was reminded of in one of my interviews, this experience I had recently that showed how eager people are for disruption and also how unlikely they are. They're going to tell you they're unhappy with something. And I think it's important to think about that because it's a great reminder for all of us that no matter what business we're in or what level on the organizational chart, or if we're a small business owner, or if we work for somebody else, that we don't always know when people are unhappy with us. There's places to innovate and improve and to make connections that we don't even know about unless we are asking. So we have got to spend more time asking. So here's, I've kind of put the cart before the horse and shared the insight. 
But let me back up and tell you the experience I had. So I was traveling for work. And normally when I travel, I get a rental car, an Uber, right? You know, I get picked up at the airport. I go to my conference room or my hotel, my office. And then like, that's that. In this case, the place that I was going to was just far enough that I needed a rental car, something I hadn't done in ages. So I get my rental car. I go to the rental car center, you know, the one that's got all of them, or at least all the major ones in the same place. It's like the food court of rental cars. So I go and I'm in line behind these two gentlemen who are clearly there for some type of new business pitch. They're talking about their pitch and the possible client and trying to land the deal. And the line's moving along just fine. And so I'm standing behind them and one guy turns to the other guy and he says, I literally can't wait for this entire business to be disrupted. It is so archaic. Now, I'm kind of a nosy, curious person. So I'm behind him thinking, woo, he's upset about something and a battle is about to go down. He's going to go up to that counter. He's going to get mad at the person behind the counter. They're going to bring the supervisor out. You know how the drill goes. So we get up there. They are called up to the counter. And I'm thinking, I have a front row seat to an epic battle. Here we go. They say something. She types into the computer. She says something. They say something back. They're going back and forth. She hands in the keys. He says, thank you, and walks away with a smile. Now, I'm stunned. I'm I'm back there thinking, what just happened? I thought he hated this whole thing. But that, Don, that made me realize something really important. Oftentimes, in fact, most of the time, we don't hear from the people who are the least happy. They just deal with it. They just go along with it. But the minute they have a different choice, they take it. So I want you thinking about if you're out there, how open our customers, our leadership, by the way, if we're internal inside a company, how all of those are actually open to disruption, open to change, open to new ideas, new people, new ways of doing things. And oh, by the way, in this world today, disruption is the norm. So this next generation of leaders coming up, this next generation of customers coming up, simply expect things to last a couple of years and then for the next greatest thing to come in. Those of us a little older, we have to be brought along for the ride a little bit. But I love looking back, I loved having that experience because it was so eye-opening and such a reminder to me that oftentimes we miss the opportunities to innovate, to stay relevant, to get ahead of our competition because we don't bother to ask. We assume the people on the other side of the table, whether that's customers or leaders, are going to tell us when they're not happy. But guess what? They don't. We need to ask. And it's not always, hey, how happy are you with your service today? One through five stars. Sometimes we got to go out and we got to say, hey, if you were us, what would you do to make this a better experience? Hey, if you were my boss, what do you need from me for me to really excel in this role and to support you? We've got to ask questions, not just, hey, do you have a problem, but what would improve this as well? I haven't taken a rental car since, but wow, that experience was really eye-opening for me. Now, speaking of eye-opening, let's get into today's everyday innovators. 
So like I said, we had an entire range of just incredible innovators. We had Michelle Jeske, who is the uh, librarian, a head librarian over at Denver Public Libraries. She's a collaborative tweaker. We had Julie Holmes, who's a futuristic inquisitive, who's a technology and innovation expert, really a product expert. We have Maureen Berkner Boyd, who is the president of Moxie, the creator of the Everyday Inclusion app, Instinctual Risk Taker. And Richard Gettner, who is a shop online shopping and e-commerce expert, who is an imaginative fluid. So different industries, very different everyday innovator styles, all brought something incredible to the table. So let me share what I got out of it, again, in the hopes that it kind of sparks something in you too. And let me just say before we go on, you might have gotten totally different things out of each of these interviews. And that's fantastic. And I hope you'll share that with me. I love to hear what other people have gotten out of the interviews as well. Not only do I love to hear it, but I think your community of everyday innovators out there loves to hear it as well. And if you haven't taken the IQE and you don't know your everyday innovator style, my gosh, go to our website, click on the link, take it. Discover your everyday innovator style so that you understand how to leverage your natural strengths to your incredible advantage. I want to remind you before I get into the first one that we put the link back to all of these interviews in the show notes and in the description. And also they're just this week. So all you need to do is scroll down or up, whatever you do on your phone and your player, and they'll be right there. So let's start with this Monday's. Michelle Jeske, who is the head librarian over at Denver Public Libraries. I was really excited when her name came across my desk because I don't think we often think about libraries and innovation in the same sentence, but they really have, at least in Colorado, done an incredible job of not just reacting to change, but actually getting ahead of it and, and creating connection, collaboration, innovation in their communities, meaning in their communities. Now, Michelle is a collaborative tweaker. So what that means is that her everyday innovator style is all about whole and optimized innovation. The collaborative is, is all about pulling disparate people and ideas and experiences together to create whole innovation. It's like pull, putting all the pieces of the puzzle together, but getting all those pieces from a lot of different places. The tweaker is all about editing and evolving. Things are never done. It's not about success or failure. Tweakers know that that great innovation, that great win that you're looking for is just one little adjustment away. So collaborative tweaker together brings whole optimized innovation to the table. Michelle talked about something that really spoke to me because it's something that I realized that I'm missing in my business right now and am actually in the process of working on. It was so powerful to me. She had a lot of great insights, but this is the one, like I said, that really rose to the top for me. She talked about having strategic guideposts and how those strategic guideposts became their guideposts for where they were going to spend their energy, their time, where they were going to benchmark themselves. It really helped dial up productivity, innovation, and engagement. She kind of explained it as like themes or buckets that people could innovate against or recognize like, are we really moving the needle forward or not? The thing that really spoke to me about it is she said that having those guideposts really helped them not get distracted by the daily grind of the last two years. And I think that's so important as we're dealing with uncertainty and change, as we continue to deal with that, that we have things in place that keep us on course. It is so easy to veer off right now and stay off course because things are so crazy. And if you listen to the episode, you'll hear specifically what she was talking about and so some of the themes they're focusing on. 
But I started, I'm only in the brainstorming phase, but I'm going to pull back the curtain and tell you, I started thinking about, okay, what are those areas in my business that if I focus on, if they were my guideposts, would help us be innovative, be productive, because we know what we should be spending our time on, um, and increase engagement, because I think it is really important to know what you're doing and why you're doing it. So we started to think about this in my business. And I started to think about, well, maybe it's customer experience. That's one post frictionless interaction, meaning how do I make it easy for you to engage with us, learn from us, buy from us, and automation. And what I mean by that is how do we scale what we're doing so that we don't become a business based on time where I'm really capped, where the whole business is really capped. So those started, I'm not fully there yet. So if you have others, hey, I'm open, like put it up on social media, I'll totally pay attention. But for me, I started to think about if I had these guideposts of like, all right, as a company, as a team, we focus on wow experience, frictionless interaction, and automation. That if we did those three things, we would stay on track to our goal, our big goal of unleashing 1 million everyday innovators into the world. But we would have, we would have a springboard for innovation. We'd have a, some rails for our productivity so we know what's in and out of bounds. Do I want to spend my time on this? Is this worth spending my time on? And motivation goes up because we all know what we're here for and what we're doing and why we're doing the things we're doing. So in your business, in your world, in your life, I want you to think about, do you have strategic guideposts like Michelle was talking about? Do you have those buckets or themes that actually help you stay on course and not get distracted by the things you should not get distracted by, by the daily grind, by shiny objects? I am notorious for getting distracted by the shiny ball going by. And I'm like, oh, look at that idea. Oh, look at that idea. And this strategic guideposts can really help us stay on the course. You, me, all of us everyday innovators. So take a lesson from Michelle. Take some time and figure out your guideposts in your work or your life with your team and not just stay on course, but give it a little bit more meaning too. You're listening to Conversations with Everyday Innovators on with Tamara Gondor Podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible. I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff Zoe is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors, steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high-quality full-spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure, I'm an investor in Howdy Puppy. 
But before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. On Tuesday of this week, I interviewed Julie Holmes, who is a futuristic inquisitive. So Julie is an American, but she lives over in London, I believe. And so she's got this great global perspective to her. And Julie is a technology and, and innovation and new product expert. She's brilliant at bringing new products to market. She's a futuristic inquisitive. Kind of makes sense, huh? What she does and kind of who she is. The futuristic is all about force through the t- trees. Today's problems are tomorrow's opportunities. It's about always being 10 steps ahead about not just being clear on your vision, but also being comfortable knowing that eventually you'll get to that vision and all the twists and turns along the way. And then inquisitive is all about deep innovation. So it's all about challenging assumptions, pulling back the layers, going deep, not staying on the surface. Innovations in the questions, not the answers. So as a futuristic inquisitive, Julie brings forward deep innovation to the table. What a great combination for new product development, by the way. Can you just hear that? Like, how do you build products for tomorrow and dig in deep and challenge things so that you can figure out the new way to do it? So Julie had something really interesting today. In fact, our whole podcast, when you go back and listen to it, the theme is like, how do you repeat the process? How do you make sure innovation isn't a one-off? How do you make sure you have processes and rules in place that make innovation something you can continually do. And, you know, she was sharing why that's so important to her. And part of that was like, look, magic and hope is not a strategy. She said, my family depends on me to make money and to like be an innovator. So I can't hope that it's going to magically happen. I need to be able to repeat the process. I think that's really true for all of us. And if we think about it, right, those aha moments are great. Those magical, like, you know, it just hit me across the head kind of moments are fantastic, but they're one-offs. Imagine how gosh, how rewarding and how much you could solve and create all of that if we could repeat the process. And, you know, that's a lot of the work that we do over here at Launch Street and with our everyday innovator assessment, because we believe it starts with you and how you innovate so that you can leverage it, just like Julie has, just like Michelle has, just like all the other interviews we've done. And Julie, I'm going to add the layer to this that Julie said that really spoke to me. She said she has rules in place so that she knows whether she should pursue an idea or not. And that she looks at everything and thinks, oh, there's an opportunity here. There's an opportunity to innovate, to solve a frustration, or to take that inspiration and turn it into something else. But she has rules so that she doesn't chase things that nobody else cares about. That turns out it's just something she wants. And the thing that she was talking about is she has, the like if she hears it three times, like if someone says to her, if people say to her three different times, oh, that's interesting, I'd love that, or, ooh, I really need that, or, oh, why doesn't someone build this? That's her cue that it's time to explore that idea, and maybe there's an opportunity there to build a product around it. So my question for you is, if you think about your aha moments and your magical slap-me-upside-the-head kind of innovation moments, the ice tip of the iceberg moments, if you really thought about it, 
Were there things that led up to that that you could repeat? If you, after journaling, always have creative ideas, does journaling become your repeat behavior? Paying attention to what other people need in the room. If you hear something more than three times, is that the opportunity to go, oh, I should pursue this more? I love what Julie said about she doesn't want it to be magical. She wants it to be repetitive, to be an innovator all the time. I think that's something we all want, isn't it? It's what helps us work smarter, not harder. It's what helps us perform at our peak. It's what helps us make sure that we're not just shuffling into a brainstorm at 3 p.m. to drive innovation and then just keeping our head down and getting stuck in the weeds every other day, every other hour of the day. So think about what Julie said. Go back and listen to kind of some of her insights around process and rules, but it really spoke to me because I thought, you know, I have a lot of things that we do that really drive repetitive innovation, and I don't know that I've captured them all in a way that would make them into a process or a rule. I think sometimes we actually do them naturally, and we don't know it. So what I want you to do is I want you to, first of all, sit back and think, if I don't have rules and I'm waiting for this to magically appear, what rules can I put into place that are going to help me drive innovation? And then second, if you have a lot of aha moments, I want you to think about, are there things that I'm doing that lead up to that moment? that I could be repeating so that I get more of those moments and I don't wait for them to magically happen. I love the idea of innovation not being magical. As you know, I'm a big believer that we're all everyday innovators. And part of being an everyday innovator is owning it, living it, being it, having it a mindset, having it an action. And as Julie talked about, it being repetitive. Okay, next up is Maureen Berkner Boyd, who is the president of Moxie Exchange uh, and the creator of the Everyday Inclusion app, which is an app that puts the, the power of diversity, equity, and inclusion in the hands of the people doing the work. And she explains it really well in the podcast. I'll let you go back and listen to her story. Here's the thing that really spoke to me in this, uh, in this interview. And Maureen, by the way, is an instinctual risk taker. So the instinctual is all about um, a very circuitous way of thinking and pulling dots in new and meaningful ways. So she might go from, you know, in her thinking from A to B to X over to Y, back over over to L, back over to A. And because of that, she, she has a tendency to take things that are seemingly random and find the patterns and find the insights in them. It's much more of a gut way of innovating. And the risk taker side of her is all about bold innovation. So that's all about innovating in the uncomfortable, about pushing boundaries, about leaping and then innovating. Like we almost, risk takers almost need to leap a little bit, be a little bit under pressure in order to innovate. So the instinctual risk taker combination brings connective, bold innovation to the table. So here's the conversation we got into that really spoke to me because I think that the trap that we often fall into, and you see this in big companies in particular who are trying to like totally shake things up because their sales have gotten um, stale or like even small companies are trying to go after the big dogs is we look for that massive blue sky out of this world, crazy idea. And then we try to take this crazy idea out to the market as this wildly new, innovative, never been seen before idea. And then we get really frustrated when people don't jump on board. And oftentimes they don't jump on board because it creates a behavior change. Um, it takes education. It takes time to get people over the, the hurdle of adopting something new. And we forget that, right? We go to market with this wildly innovative thing, but with no handle for them to hold on to. Nothing for them to go, oh, I get it. Now, I'm not saying lose innovation. What I am saying is 
we've got to put a handle on it, something that people understand or get. I'm going to give you an example, flax milk. So flax isn't technically a milk, right? It's a nut that they're juicing and turning into like a milk-like product. But here's the thing. If you just said flax extract or flax liquid, I wouldn't even know what to do with it. Well, where do I drink it? Do I even drink it? Do I put it on something? Is Is it an ingredient for baking? I don't get it. But if you attach milk to it, something I know and understand, then I go, oh, I get it. It's for breakfast. It's for my coffee. It's an alternative. I understand. There's packaging examples in the laundry department where they put in whole new um, whole new ways of doing laundry, like uh, not just pause, but even in the liquid, but they put it in a packaging in a container that we already use so that we knew how to get that liquid out, right, and into our washing machines. Handles, people need handles. So the mistake that we make is we try to throw away the old completely when we're innovating and then replace it with totally new. When in fact, what Maureen talked about, and the reason I think her everyday inclusion app has been so successful is because what she did, and she talked about this, is she hacked habits that already existed. She combined the old with the new. She talked about how the reason it's an app is because the habit that's old, the habit that we're already into is on our phones. And getting quick text messages and responding to things in little nudges are things that we know how to do. Like we already understand that behavior. It's part of our world. So she attached this new idea of this app with this content and this putting the power in the hands of the people, right? Not just a kind of top down solution for companies and kind of flipping that, but doing it in a way that people understood. So she talked about it as hacking habits that already existed. I thought that was so powerful, such an important lesson. And I think when I look at my career over the last, oh my God, 26, 27 years, I think about the times that my idea wasn't successful, the product I brought to market, the idea I positioned to my leadership. What I used to say was it was ahead of its time. You know what? I had this idea, but it was just ahead of its time. And part of that is true, but what's One layer underneath that is that I didn't attach something familiar or current to that new idea for people to hold on to. I didn't give it the handle. So the question I have for you and the thing that I really want you to think about as an everyday innovator out there trying to drive differentiation and innovation and trying to go further faster is in pushing that new idea forward. And whether that's something you're doing to yourself or with other people, do you have a handle? Do you have something people can hold on to and say, yes, this is new. It's going to require some change, but also I get it. It is so important that we have those handles. All right. Last but definitely not least is Richard Gettner, who's an online shopping and e-commerce expert. He has a long career in this field. In fact, he was in it long before it really even was a field. And so he has seen and been through and led a lot of change. Now, Richard is an imaginative fluid. Now, that's an interesting combination. So imaginative is all about playing in the gray areas, playing in the gaps, creation. It's about kind of less is more because then they can create new and novel thinking. And the fluid is all about ambiguity. Now, a lot of us are good at dealing with ambiguity or we've gotten good at it. But people who are fluids not only are good at ambiguity, they can take that ambiguity and turn it into clear and concise innovation. That mess for them is like the playground of innovation. They can pull out the nuggets. They're going to help navigate themselves and the other people forward. So that combination of imaginative fluid brings novel, concise innovation to the table. 
So Richard had a really interesting insight that I was so happy that he shared because I don't think we talk about this enough. So here's the thing. I'm a yes-ander. That means that any idea you bring to me, I'm going to find a nugget of gold in it and I'm going to build on it. And I'm going to be your biggest supporter along the way. Now, it's not that I don't find obstacles. It's not that I'm not going to go, but what about this? What about that? But my inclination is about all the possibilities, right? All the ways that this can work. What Richard shared with me was he's that person that points out the obstacles or the holes that need to be filled because he's also actually about all the ideas. However, what he shared was how sometimes in being that person that's like, but what about this? But what about that? He said what he's found in his career is people then see him as a yes butter or as putting up obstacles and resistance when what he's really trying to do is just strengthen the idea and actually make it successful. And it really made me think because if you've been in my world for a long time, if you're an everyday innovator, you know that I'm a big fan of yes butters. I think we need the people to poke the holes to actually strengthen our ideas, just like Richard said. We need all types of people. And in fact, if we only surround ourselves with yes and people, we often miss we often miss things. We have big blind spots that those quote unquote yes butters seem to find. But the way Richard phrased it really got me thinking. It made me realize they're not yes butters in the way we talk about them. They're not throwing up obstacles. And maybe I need to be more open to the idea that the people across the table who are throwing arrows at me, maybe they're throwing arrows because they want me to be stronger and learn to defend the idea. You know what I'm saying? I'm mixing my metaphors a little bit here. But I think it it was really interesting to hear. And I think there's a lot of us out there, or a lot of you out there, because I really am a yes and person, which by the way, is a gift and a curse in itself that comes with its own challenges. But there's a lot of people out there who consider themselves yes butters or have been labeled as yes butters. And I think what Richard really did was give us all permission to realize they're not yes butters. They're yes anders as well. They're just filling in the holes first, the holes that we miss, by the way. So the next time you're sitting across the table from someone like Richard, who's going, but what about this? What about that? Just remember, you're not trying to bring a yes butter along for the journey. They're not even a yes butter. Maybe they're actually a yes ander in disguise, but we need those people and they need us. We need each other. So I want to thank Richard for that because it really was eye-opening me of like, oh, it's not my job to get the yes butter to stop throwing up obstacles and try to solve things. He's already there. It's my job to give him the room to go through those motions, right? To take that journey and to help us strengthen the idea. So what I want you to think about with this interview and go back and listen to the whole thing is a lot of other great insights is Am I labeling people as yes butters without giving them a chance? Do I understand the intent behind somebody finding the holes in my idea? Maybe they're just trying to make you stronger and better after all. All right, everyone. Another amazing week of everyday innovators. Michelle, who's a collaborative tweaker in libraries. Julie, who's a futuristic inquisitive in technology and products. Maureen, who is an instinctual risk taker, who's in diversity and equity and inclusion, and Richard Gettner, who is a e-commerce and shopping leader, e-commerce and online shopping leader. That was a mouthful, that whole whole thing, wasn't it? So good. I just, what a great week. And like I said, go back, listen to all of them, listen to a lot of different ones. They're all 30-ish minutes and under. So 
binge listen because you will get so many insights from each person, especially the ones that you least expect it from. Next week, we got another incredible lineup. If you've got someone, maybe it's yourself, nominate. We'd love to have you on. Tamara out. Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit www.gotolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tamara will be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.